All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We got another beast in the building today. He is a modern mastermind of media and sales, the new landscape of it, an international speaker and one of the top ranking business focused creators in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Will <laughs> Oh, Travis, I am so high. Can I, can I bring you to my next uh, keynote for that? Because that is yes, better I'm, than it. I am available for hire. Um, we do have remote uh, introduction services available for speaking events, podcasts, whatever you need. Um, but it is an honor, an honor to have you here in this seat, Will. Uh, we see you everywhere. We being us business professionals, uh, especially folks in the B2B space. You have made a very deep and obvious impact by shaking up the space in really unique and, in my opinion, much needed ways, really showing an alternative uh, strategy to this typically boring business world. So for that, I commend you on that uh, tedious task, uh, and you've done a great, great job on that journey. Uh, I just see you over and over and over. So an honor to have you here, man. It's an absolute honor to be here. I consider yourself one of the people who does that very well as well. Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. Oh, let's, okay. let's jump into now it. Now we've picked each other up enough. There we let's go. Get, let's go. <laughs> The end, end of the, the reciprocation loop. Uh, let's get into this and, and hear a little bit more from your world, your mindset, everything. First one, quick little curveball. What are you most grateful for right now? People I know. They'll be out by the time this happened. But right now, my daughter, she's she's about to go undergo, undergo some major heart surgery. And just the, the people who I'm closest to, both in business and personal life, have just been absolutely fun, phenomenal uh, at supporting and understanding and being everything I need them to be. So I'm really grateful for everyone I know, a lot of people who I've met through my content. So maybe we'll talk more about that. Mm, perfect. No, so it's just a nice little way to get a, a dose of gratitude at the beginning of the show here. Hear what's on your mind. And not surprisingly people first, um, especially being a creator. Uh, a lot of your stuff has been really brilliant in building a community around that. Um, so you have an interesting story and career path of kind of unfolding into this media slash sales hybrid role. Uh, and I'm curious along that journey, what is the most exciting win or exciting project or campaign that you have been a part of? How did that come to life? And, and what can we learn from that? What lessons can we extract and, and steal from these uh, success stories that we've seen from you? Maybe they've been experimental. We don't know from the outside what, what it's mm -hmm. like under the hood. Um, but I'd love to hear in your words, what what's a big win under your belt and how can we learn from that well it's been a heck of a journey and there's loads <laughs> and um finding one is challenging but recently the stuff i've been putting out on youtube has been really scratching a lot of itches for me so i'm so so proud of for someone like me who who hasn't traditionally been a creator um editor producer to be able to go ahead and, and script a video that's about sales something that i'm really passionate about film it in, in a nice, concise manner, edit it, add, a, add effects, funny moments, zoom-ins, things that I was ne never even thought I'd be capable of doing, 
put it out there, promote it, and then for it to actually perform really well and get great feedback, that to me is a really satisfying end-to-end -end process and it's just like total ownership. So really, probably the last five major videos that I've put up on the on the SalesBeat YouTube channel have been huge accomplishments for me. They haven't been the biggest things externally. They're not the most viral things I've ever made. They haven't reached the most people, but they're the things by far I'm the most proud of and, and love putting my name next to. That's amazing. And that is actually one of the, I think the first things that really put you on my radar was seeing the approach of this uh, brand slash company of sales feed. So we've heard for a long while, uh, be the media company is yeah. kind of the, the phrase in like in B2B marketing and business marketing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies kind of like took that to heart and they're like, look, we're posting blogs on, on our website and we've got yeah, like a an education portal and you're like, all right, you're getting there kind of, yeah. but sales feed is really a prime example of doing it right. Of be the media company where they are solely focused on the content and the entire brand is focused on same way magazines and media companies on a themed entertainment that people actually want to consume unlike your SEO optimized blog articles like yeah. um, out there and you guys have nailed it. So I'm curious. Uh, I know you've been a huge piece of this adventure. Mm -hmm. um, how did that journey start? Where, where yeah. did that journey start? How did it evolve into this? It's its own little monster, the sales feed monster I see on, on LinkedIn kind yeah. of uh, always popping up. So how, yeah. how did that come to life? Um, and what is this, this resolution era or kind of this next chapter here you're moving into? Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to tell you, Travis, that I, I, I am the mastermind who, who conceived sales feed, but I'm not. It, it came down from uh, Vidyard. Vidyard is the parent company. They own sales feed. They, yep. they, they heard that build a media company and they just said, let's do it. And a lot of people would go out and look to buy a media company where you can build it and building it is what they decided to do. So Michael Litt, the CEO of Vidyard, and Tyler Lassad, the VP of marketing at Vidyard, initiated the strategy, built the team, took the direction, and that's where I came in. Um, my boss, Tyler Lassad, the VP of marketing, said, we need, if we want to build content for salespeople, we need someone who's done it. We need someone who's good at it. We need someone who's already making great content. And he saw that potential in me, and that's where I came in. Um, and from there, I, I probably... That's probably where I've had the most impact influencing the direction of it based on what's worked through live feedback. And that's the great thing about social media, right? You can try something, you can test it, you know what it works immediately, and then you can refine it. So we, we, we started trying to be this like Netflix or like Disney plus of sales, um, with like these big shows. But we found that actually the stuff that really resonated was bite sized micro content, TikToks, memes, jokes. Um, even tip videos that are just literally 20 seconds, but allow a seller to watch it and be like, I'm going to use that right now. Um, so we became this very actionable, much higher volume, uh, engine. And that's probably where I had the most impact. Um, and from there, it's built to this, this thing. It's almost up to 25,000 LinkedIn followers, almost up to 100,000 TikTok followers. We've got a newsletter. We've got, we've now integrated into the Vidyard product as well. So yep. people who are going in there, salespeople who are making videos can easily click across and begin bettering their life in sales in other ways as well. So that's, that's where it's at today. Absolutely amazing. No, it's been, uh, yeah, one of those things that just pops up on your radar once. And then again, 
and then again, and then again, and then again, and the skits, the short form, that is the direction we're seeing a lot of attention, yeah. content, everything is going, and you have to lean into those moments. There's still people trying to implement tactics from like the, some, an article they read in 2005, and you're like, oh my God, but like, especially in digital and techn- technology, like amplifying the speed of everything. No way, bro. <laughs> That's not, this not working. So seeing these forward thinking pivots and optimizations uh, is really where a lot of the opportunity lies right now. Um, and you mentioned experimenting and pivoting along uh, uh, your journey to find this success. Yeah. Those pivots don't always lead to success. So no. that experimentation uh, often requires many other failures before you find the ones that click, the ones that win. So we got a nice win under your belt. I'm curious to hit the other end of the yeah. spectrum. Do you have an epic failure or an experiment of sorts, we can call it, um, that perhaps didn't meet the results that were expected uh, or perhaps uh, had very different results mm. than what you expected. Yeah. So in the context of, of content, which is really, I think, where I live now, originally it was sales, but it's sales content, yeah. right? But, yeah. but really it's content sure. production. In the context of that, I think the biggest fails have always been when we reverted back to this idea of traditional marketing. Every time we've tried or gone near that again, it has flopped hard. And this is like, my biggest pet peeve with companies when I see them making this content that no one wants. And it's like they're, they're doing things the same way everyone else has been doing them forever. And they're playing it too safe. So whenever we've tried to do a campaign or, or revert back to doing like a series and we're not really behind it or believing in it, I think that's really where the biggest flops have been both monetary. Sometimes these things cost a lot of money, time, but they don't, they, they give back the same results or less results than something that we could do in 30 minutes. Right. Honestly, like a TikTok that I could make in 30 minutes can have a bigger impact and more impressions for our brand than a campaign and more leads even sometimes than a campaign that we spent weeks preparing for. And I think those are the biggest flops. So to give you an example, we invested a lot of time recently in a Halloween special video. Every brand in the world does a Halloween special video. We thought, okay, we'll produce it, do green screens, we'll do these things. And it was long and it was took weeks and editing and script writing and it just didn't didn't land and that hurt because all the sweat love and tears went into it but we kind of almost knew from the get-go that there was there was reservations on us like should we really be putting all this effort into this one thing when we know that when we've tried doing stuff like this in the past it hasn't worked and we, we kind of just lied to ourselves and did it and ultimately when, when it came out it just didn't get the the response we wanted and we probably and we spent a lot of money on editing a lot of a lot of time late night it was all at night time it filmed at night time as well so it, it, it's painful when you when you put the term into stuff, but we kind of probably could have known that was going to fail from the start. So I feel like we should have trusted our gut on that. Wow, this is one of the the most interesting veins or themes that we see, uh, especially in content. It drives me crazy. There is a paradox between <laughs> the level of effort you invest and prepare for mm-hmm. content and like essentially production value, what people would call yeah, and the results. And for some reason, I do not understand why the content that has the least production value, mm-hmm. the least amount of scripting, editing, writing 
is what does the best. But if you try to intentionally do that as a strategy, mm-hmm. it no longer works. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm going to wing it and post yeah. a video today. But there's this crazy paradox. Let's just tap into real quick because I know we are not the only ones no. experiencing I did a meme this. on this recently on, on, yeah. on our social and a lot of people are like, yes, this. Yeah. It's whenever I don't try, it does well. Right? It goes viral when I make spend like five minutes on it. But the thing that took me hours or days flops right we'll get to your secret sauce and like systems here in a second but let's get philosophical for a second let's do it why why do you think that is why do you think it is the less we prepare Hmm. for a good piece of content and the more we produce and edit the less it resonates with somebody why why does why is this paradox exists and it feels very frustrating as a creator it kind of sucks your your mm. creative spirit out of you sometimes cuz the stuff you put your most effort into is the stuff that people just this yeah does all right below average mm. um but it's similar to like the pop star uh theories or like big bands they yeah. release all of their songs their good songs their favorite songs and then usually a complete random one that barely like made the cut of the album becomes their like number one hit. And they're like, Oh my God, Mm. why do people like this? Um, And I feel like maybe as content creators, business creators, we're starting to experience our own version of that, our own subjectivity. Should that even matter? Or should we just listen to the results, listen to the data and follow the algorithm gods? (laughs) Where, where Where do we go with this conversation? It's very weird. We can only theorize, right? Because I I don't know. But I think there's three main things that come to mind as to why that happens. Number one, for something to be good, I don't think you should have to try that hard at it. Like, I I feel like if you Mm. have to try really hard to make something good, then are you trying to polish a turn, as the saying says, right? Like, or is good just good, you know? The second thing is what you mentioned, algorithms, platforms, what, 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 there are, there are these factors outside of our control. And I think these campaigns that we put or, or content piece that we put so much effort in fail to recognize that at the end of the day, if you post the wrong time of day, if you post it on the wrong platform with the wrong caption, then it's not going to take off. And that is a whole lot more painful when you put effort into it than if you make something in 30 seconds to stick it up because if that flops, it's okay, right? So there are those things that you can't control that influence it. And when those t- things that you can't control impact something you've worked really hard on, there you go. And the third thing is what the audience actually want. What do people these days actually want to consume. Do they want to consume really polished content that feels corporate and like a bunch of money was spent on it? Or do they want that authentic, raw, real, clearly something that that that, that that's short, actionable and, and and good and not necessarily short, but like that 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 is so effortlessly good. And I think that that's mm. probably the, the main thing, that third one there. It's why platforms like TikTok and short form platforms like even YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, heck, even Pinterest has one of those things now. Is 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 just oh, they're just taking off. Um, everyone could be a creator mm. now, even if they don't have an amazing camera. Interesting, Mike. Yeah, like we do. But, hey. Wow. No, it is. It's a it's a interesting little paradox we've created here. But I think you you've zeroed in on it with that. That third one is probably a huge factor yes. of recognizing the original point of the message. The core concept of what you were trying to say is the only, only purpose for content to convey 
your piece of communication. We know it with, with songs and with joke writing, yeah. the core emotion of people being like, yes, that yeah. feeling. Well, ironically, the feeling like we're talking about would be a yes. perfect yeah, piece yeah, of content. It's so relatable, but right? Every content problem, creator has experienced this. Yeah, exactly. The problem we're seeing now, at least now my th theory with your <laughs> information is that seed, that a message is right there. And if the person is right here that we need to deliver it to, the more distance we create, another edit, another layer, another cut, a take 22 instead of using your first clip, it's creating more and more distance between that original message mm -hmm. and who it needs to resonate with. So yeah. that's my theory now is that you're adding like production and technological distance and between it, the idea yeah. and the receiver is kind of what it feels like. It limits you as well. Ultimately, more shots at bat is going to hopefully allow you to connect with someone. Maybe the first five mm -hmm. things you say won't. The sixth thing will. If you spend a, if you spend ten days on each of those five things, well, it's going to take a lot longer to get to that sixth. Whereas if you spend an hour, then you're you're able to do volume and have a chance of of, of basically hitting a home run. I, I, and I'm not saying drop quality entirely. All right, that's that's yeah, not what no. I'm trying to say, but yeah. It's it's one of those things I think the the overarching theme I've had to adopt is switching from focusing on that final product mm -hmm. and just focus on the process. If you can increase yes. the quantity, the quality starts to kind of level itself up, it follows, figure, well. figure itself out. Um, but it's when you're stopping, completely preventing and choking a, a post or an idea from going out yeah. because you're lens reflection on this edit looked bad yeah. or like i've had so many dumb things i've yeah, stopped content too. going out on um but yeah brilliant conversation the philosophy of content we'll continue that on another show <laughs> um but i do want to extract some version of your secret sauce over there you're clearly clearly doing something right um, and want to tap into a few things uh, that we can turn into mm. practical, actionable advice. So the first question I have in your world, your professional or personal world, what habit or task is non-negotiable for you? It's just got to be on the menu every day. Um, I would say everything that you see from me that you like probably if, if anyone listened to this who's aware of what i found online isn't really that original it's just original to the b2b sales and marketing space all right and you want to know why i've been able to get those ideas and bring them in one because no one else was willing to take the risks i'm willing to take and make the content like that but two i consume buttloads of content myself the non-negotiable for me is consumption intentional consumption not mindless scrolling intentional consumption watching a Mr. Beast video, but intentionally so I can extract what works in that and put that in my own B2B content because no one else freaking does that because they don't, because they think it has to be this corporate, icky, suited up, buttoned up thing. So consumption with intention. When I listen to something that I'm enjoying, I need to, I need to take a journal and write down what, what made that good and how can I make that part of what I do? Mm, that is key. That's just something that I... I think some people kind of do like indirectly, but not with a specific intention, as you're saying, specific strategic consumption. Um, how, what, I guess, what features and traits like are you looking at on the meta like level of, of those videos? Or are you literally looking at the copy, the hook, 
the headline, the title. What uh, what attributes or features, I guess, are you are you analyzing and and, and journaling? <laughs> um, so we could add this to our our content consumption stocking list. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you asked this question. This makes it a lot more tactical, right? Otherwise, you know, consumer intent isn't actually that actionable. I'll give you an example. Watched a Mr. Be- Mr. Beast video a little while ago, right? And I mean, heck, if you've got a second, I can pull it up if you like. I know this is a podcast, but we can kind of walk through it if you want. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Beast may not be your favorite person. Heck, he annoys me a little bit sometimes, but he obviously is doing something right to have that many. He's now, I think, one of the most subscribed creators on the planet. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, give me a second. Perfect. No worries. Yeah. And we have screen share here uh, and we'll be able to share all of this clip, uh, anything that we're pulling up. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll also give a little audio only uh, I, I <laughs> transcriptions will, of what you're seeing. I, uh, I will, I will try up. and try and describe as well as I go through it. OK, um, so let me just uh, hide all my, you know, all my all my confidential stuff and share my screen real quick. All right. Um, Perfect. All right. So I um when I when you asked me what, what what specifically, there is a few things I'm going to observe. So I'm not talking about the same thing, Mr. Beast is. I can't because I make sales content. So I can't go ahead and make a video about giving people a Ferrari because they stayed in a circle for 10 hours, right? What I can do is make a video about making 800 cold calls or, or saying, you know, certain words a few times. So one is the idea, the content, the hook. Um, so there's a few things here. I'm going to just pull up my YouTube here. First thing is thumbnails. If I go to Mr. Beast's channel, and I'm going to just use him as the example because I think he's doing something better than a lot of people. He's and clearly I go, doing something right. He's clearly doing, he's very, doing very well for himself, right? But what, let's, let's just look at the, if we know he's doing something right, then what we need to start figuring out deconstructing what it is, right? So number one, look at these <clears> thumbnails, man. There's colors, there's contrast. His face is big in every single one of them, right? So he's putting his face in them. There's a lot of contrast. There's a lot of bright colors. And clearly that is causing us to click and it does catch my attention. So when I'm scrolling and <laughs> yeah. I see that, I'm like, whoa, why did that make me stop? Why did that make me want to click on it? And then there's the, the, the titles. It's got numbers in them. He's saying these crazy stuff. I survived a plane crash. It's so out there. It's so crazy. It's, it's 50 hours in Antarctica. Wow. What? So then like, how can I start incorporating these things into the hooks on my YouTube channel? Let's say they've got these contrasting colors. I'm trying to do these things. There's a few things in here that I didn't make. That's that's kind of another thing, right? So I'm, mm. I'm looking for things that I can start weaving in. Um, sales will stop all these faces. I'm trying to make my face big in them. This one's got that contrasting Bigger. color. <laughs> this one here, I'm like pulling a big face and it's big in your face, right? Then we actually wow. click on a video, right? And I'm gonna try and find one here that, that, what, that works. Okay, yeah. Got an ad. Good <laughs> Gotta keep him, gotta keep Jimmy paid. <laughs> Whoa, okay, right. Immediately, immediately. Let's just go back there a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk through, talk it through, right? Big Zoom immediately starts talking. Big Zoom immediately starts talking. Whoa, now I'm suddenly hooked on this video. I wanna, I'm immediately got the energy, right? So let's try and find one. Here we go. Quick zoom immediately you start talking. So like intentionally thinking, whoa, the thumbnail did this. That's why I wanted to stop. That's what made me. So then in my content, I can then take Jimmy's editing, his thing there, which was zoom, fast whooshing noise, and immediately start talking. And I can incorporate that into my content, even though he and I make entirely different content about different topics. 
I'm not stealing his stuff. I'm just figuring out what works and incorporating that into my stuff. So that's why I mean consume with intent and incorporate elements of what you see people, other people is working into your content. And the fact that I've been able to do that for company customers, uh, for creators who do that in the B2C space has meant that everyone thinks I'm some visionary in the B2B space, but the reality is that no one is, is thinking like this in B2B. And that's the problem, not, not, not necessarily the content itself. That is absolutely brilliant. And it's such a simple framework. Um, the, the, the one liner they use is <laughs> steal like an artist. Uh, that's how I know it in, in music is every single one of your favorite artists. Every single one of them, guaranteed, whether it's music, comedy, whatever, their style that you know is their favorite style of of this person that they was inspired by them. And they just took it to their this person's genre mm-hmm. and then used their own lyrics or their own storytelling or vice versa. This person's synths and sound design, but then use yeah. it on a pop song instead of dubstep or exactly. there's hundreds of ways you can do it. And if you do it tastefully, there is no, there's no shame. It's, it feels like a completely different idea. And it is the simplest form of creativity is combining things. Take this, put it here. Boom. New thing. How can I make that thing work for me and my message? Right. I'm not stealing anyone else's message. I'm stealing, not stealing anything. I'm, I'm getting inspired by their delivery. Because I think that's almost everyone's got something great to say, but no one's going to listen unless you deliver it in the right way. So I think that's where exactly. we get inspired, the delivery. No, the, yeah, the, all of those, everything else that they're doing in the content, even ex- except for what they're saying, which is one of the craziest things, similar with like how we study language yeah. of your tone, your body language, all, all of that is 10 times more effective than the actual words you use are yes. actually like the lowest impact. Um, so we have to see the same thing, your lighting, your vibes, your edits, your zooms, all of that is actually what's creating the vibe and that impression of the content. Mm. And the words are great. Like obviously have deliver (laughs) on the promise, right? (laughs) Um, But, uh, I, I think it's, it's amazing to see you and many others kind of unpack this in such a creative and practical way. So that exercise of going through people doing it right and steal the gold. <laughs> that's, that's partially what exactly what we're trying to do here yeah. with this show is find those people that are doing it right. What can we take from them and bring it in, turn it into your own style. That's exactly. such a simple formula. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Will. <laughs> um, let's steal one more thing from you. Speaking of stealing, uh, what tool or application uh, is a must have in your world, whether it's for creation or for just managing your day-to-day life and chaos. Do you have a, a tech stack of sorts or a single app mm. um, that you would consider your go-to? Yeah, I would say that the, 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 obviously beyond the platforms, YouTube, LinkedIn, all that stuff, those are, I would say are obviously crucial. Sure, so sure. Out there. Canva, just for me, as someone who's just horrible at design stuff, just sets me up very easily makes that 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 the thumbnails that even sometimes the video transitions can make a video feel very polished when really uh, realistically it's a canva template that i've changed the color on um so so yeah canva for me as a non-creative creator has, has been a lifesaver there we go yeah no that's a gem uh do you have any um creative hacks or use cases uh specifically for business um that you use canva for um whether it's 
I don't know what yeah. white papers, PDF yeah, yeah. carousels. Yeah, I don't I mean, know, what are your favorite uses for for jumping into Canva for business context? Um, yeah, so so I feel like anything, any so yeah, there's probably a few things. Number one is like thumbnails for YouTube videos, but also any any oh, any yeah. any link you ever share, they're always going to have a link preview. Those are really important if you want people to click on your stuff. And a lot, most people just put a stock image in there. And it's like, yeah, we're like, so we did yeah. one recently on, on cold calling and our, our, our content team at Vidyard, like put a, a block of ice in there. So why is anyone going to click on a block of ice? So we went back and added it, did some of the things that I showed you just now and like the thumbnails, added a face in there, added some yeah. contrast. So yeah, the, the click throughs on links, PDF carousels, hack. It's actually a really good proposal tool. Um, all my, yep. key, all my keynote proposals are now creating Canva because they just look really polished. Um, slide decks, really, it's a, it's an all in one. Um, you can also schedule posts in there, but I'm not a big scheduler. I actually like a bit of control freak. So I have to show up and hit the post button myself in some cases. But yeah, I would say, I'd say anything that, that needs to look good and you're not good at making things look good. Use Canva. Perfect. This is, this is great. We're loading up with not a sponsor. plenty of actionable gold. <laughs> it yeah, should no, be. No, Canva, right. hit me up. All right. Right. <laughs> um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, as, we jump into towards the end. Um, we'll hear more from your world, how people can connect with you. But I got a quick blitz round here for you. It's our version of kind of a speed round. Okay. Uh, you'll have two options given to you. You get one choice with minimal or no explanation of your context. <laughs> okay. But there's five of those. And then on the other side of this, we'll get to hear from your world and how people can connect with you. Um, but let's jump into our blitz round real quick. Number one, if we could only choose one corporate overlord, would it be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Master Musk or Emperor Bezos? I can't give context, can I? Um, this is a tough question. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go Jeff Bezos, sadly. Oh, <laughs> part of this is to make you die. I'll die a little bit inside. Kills me because now I, I can't mean, explain yeah. myself, right? Because yeah. I'm, that's a very hard question. It's close. But anyway. uh, number two, if you could only watch one for the rest of your life, it would be Netflix or YouTube. YouTube. Easy. No, no hesitation on that one. Uh, all right. This one is a game changer. Backstreet Boys or Sync. Backstreet Boys. There we go. Uh, the first uh, one was easy. The rest of the first one was hard. Yeah. These ones are really easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're jumping into uh, gaming, board games, or video games. Video games. There we go. And last one: music or movies. Music. Oh, there we go. He survived. He survived our round. Uh, absolutely just. love. And now I do mostly out of just selfish curiosity. We are breaking the rules. I got to hear a dash of context on your struggle between um, Master Musk and Emperor Bezos. What was your uh, internal dilemma you were having over there? I think I think I, I, I have to the neither the people I aspire to be. I don't hold them up on any pedestals. And they're both very problematic people who have companies that are very problematic. And the stories about those aren't great. And politically, sometimes they just are all over the shop. Um, I, I respect Elon as a very good marketer. Um, 
because clearly he's good at getting attention and putting himself out there. Um, but I respect Jeff Bezos more as a businessman, as a leader. So there's that. And so if I'm caught talking about overlords, I'd rather, I'd rather have someone <laughs> yeah, who I feel like knows a little yeah, bit more about what they're doing. I figure that's that's where we're heading anyways. I'm just collecting data, yes. get predictions from smart now, people. Now, you know. now I'll be the first <laughs> person that Elon gets. He's going to be, yeah. when, he, <laughs> no. when he takes over, he's going to be like, fuck. I know, yeah, I've been Bezos. making sure to talk talk nice about the robots, the AI, like, don't need to get up on, be on any lists here. <laughs> um, amazing, amazing. Uh, so we've got uh, one final question here at the end. But before we get to that, let's hear from your world. Mm. Um, I know you have several different lanes going, but A, how can we best support you? How can uh, our audience, our listeners yeah. follow and connect with you? And then vice versa. What what do you have to offer and share um, with us that we can connect with you on LinkedIn? I know for sure is where we connected, but um, let's open up those channels and those avenues because I know you've got a lot going on and uh, many ways that you can help uh, our audience here. So what do you got brewing in your world? Anything we want to spotlight hmm. now is your moment, sir. Yeah. So... LinkedIn is always going to be the best place to find and connect with me. I'm a business creator. I'm always going to be, that's going to be my main channel. Um, right now I work at a company called Salesfeed, but that is due to change very soon. Uh, but I still, I'm so proud of the work that I have done there and the, and the things that me and the team have accomplished and the content we've made, as I mentioned at the start, the things I'm really proud of. The stuff that's on that YouTube channel, it's untapped. If you work in sales or if you just want to be inspired by making great B2B content, go look there. Um, but yeah, I'd say mainly LinkedIn um, as my personal, but I've also created a, a community for anyone who's trying to grow on social media called Social Social. We do weekly live shows. Please join the Slack channel, come in and ask some questions. There's direct access to me. So if you want to connect with me, that's the best place to do so in that in that Slack community that we created there. Because to be honest, LinkedIn Messenger is as of as of January 2023 is killing me. I feel so guilty. I'm ignoring people because I thought the message sent, but it's not. And then it's sending like eight days later. So yeah, um, come find me. Talk to me. I'm an open book. I've got time for you. There we go. Yeah. LinkedIn uh, is where most of the party is at when functioning properly. Um, but check out social, social, and always, yeah, enjoy the, the, the adventures and the be a media company concept has been proven perfectly with sales feed so you listeners uh, that are curious and sick of hearing that example if you want to see how it was done right um what will and the team have done over there is a simply stellar example um of having the courage to go against the grain um and really just go all in on a strategy like that so super super appreciate seeing that i think at eventually it'll reach the point where everybody's on the same boat and it'll be a standard like obvious to do that um but we're not quite there yet so with that being said it has been an honor to have you on the show will uh this has been loaded with actionable advice uh we even got some mr beast uh diagnosed <laughs> um, research uh unpacked here so we are super super grateful for your time, your talent, and sharing your knowledge here with the world. Um, and got one last question to wrap things up here. There's a listener on the other side of this. They know what to do. They've got plenty of YouTube videos and checklists of, of what they need to be doing, but something is holding them back from stepping into 
this next level or starting that business or pursuing actually being a content creator without all of those fears, hesitations. What final words of advice or motivation do you have to send them into beast mode? They could be five steps behind you, five years behind you, or even a couple steps ahead. But sometimes we just need that a little push of something to move forward. What advice or motivation do you have for them? They're already the person they want to be. They want to be. They just haven't un un unlocked it yet. I've always been a funny, stupid joker in my life. But it took taking that step out of my comfort zone and starting posting to do it. And the only reason I did that and the only reason I stuck with it is because it was fun. So regardless of what you do in life, have fun doing it. And through repetition, as long as you're still having fun, doing it every day, having fun. Remember, don't do this because you're going to be miserable. Do it every day, having fun. You're going to get better and better. Repetition is the key to any level of success in any industry, in any task or skill. And as you're having fun doing it, then you will become great eventually. But the only thing you need to do is really start. Otherwise, you never get anywhere. Boom. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Will Aitken. You're a beast.